Good morning and welcome to our God's Word for Today devotional. Thank God for another day that we can continue our devotional in the book of Psalms. And we are now in Psalm chapter 11. Let me read to us this chapter from verses 1 to 7. In the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee like a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They have fitted their arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in, his, is in heaven. His eyes see, his eyelids test the children of men. The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Let him rain coals on the wicked. Fire and sulfur and a scorching wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. Again, we are assured here that whatever happens, whatever threats we have, we can always believe that the Lord is in, is in his holy temple. The Lord is in his throne. Clearly, David at the beginning of this psalm was facing an impending danger. He was prompted and was urged to run away. He was prompted to flee away. The image is of a panic and self-preservation. Whether he was told by someone close to him, an advisor, or merely it was self-enhanced, we don't know. But clearly he was tempted to react like a startled bird fleeing to a high place. Have you experienced that when you are near to a bird and he's so scared that he has just to flap his wings as much as he could to fly away because his life is threatened. Are we not like David in a lot of ways? Now, it is not the time of it is not the time of just blaming ourselves and a time that we are going to focus on ourselves, but the time that we are going to focus unto God. Because in times of crisis, believers are confronted with two choices. Either to focus on our obstacles or to focus on God. A lack of faith in God has caused Israel, for example, to wander for 40 years in the wilderness. We know that story in Numbers chapter 14, verse 20 to 23. Similarly, this lack of faith in God has caused believers to wander away from Him. That is the application of the typology of what happened in the wilderness when the Jews was acting in unbelief. Anybody who do not trust or does not trust the Lord will be wandering away. A man without direction in his life. And in this situation, David expresses concern because when the enemy triumphs, the foundations are destroyed. And that's why he asked this question. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Clearly, he was so concerned because he was the king. He was Israel's king. And he was hunted down so that if the enemy would succeed, the nation's very foundations would be destroyed. If he is going to 
blunder and to stumble as the king because of the threat and the problem. He said, what can the righteous do? Proper system and order that are grounded in righteousness and justice of God under a godly king would be threatened to crumble away. It, sure, it would surely happen if the foundations are destroyed. Surely when evil and chaos happen, we can just ask, what could the righteous do? That's why this verse is always applicatory to our foundational relationship in the home with children, that the foundations of the fear of God must be there in the church, in an institution that is founded on God, in the fear of God. Let's secure the foundation because if the foundation is destroyed. What can the righteous do? Of course, David healed unto the truth that the Lord as our foundation will never be threatened. He said, the Lord is in his holy temple and his throne is in the heaven. He said that here in verse 4. He knows everything. God is sovereign. He is on top of everything. He is in control. However, David recognized that God allows sometimes that there are trials and difficulties that will happen in our lives. And this threat are tests for the righteous. This is to prove the genuineness of our faith. We know that God allows trial not to tempt us. This divinity is not to tempt us to sin. You know, the difference between trial and temptation is that temptations are done by Satan to solicit us to rebel against God. But in the eyes of God, he is tempting us to grow and mature in our faith. We say that in James chapter 1 verse 13, 1 Peter 1 7, and 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. Similarly here, David's trust during troubles and God's response of acting to events against the enemy has strengthened his reliance on the Lord more. The same thing that we can read in Psalm chapter 3, verse 4. It's the nature of God to uphold the upright because God is just. In other words, he hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. He would avenge against his enemies. And as David expressed here, he will rain fire and sulfur on Sodom as he rain fire and sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah. We can read that in verse 6. In verse 6, David prayed, Let him rain coals on the wicked, fire and sulfur, and a scorching wind shall be the portion of their cup. That's the destiny of the wicked, because God cannot tolerate evil. He is too holy to behold evil. He indicated here that these disasters are portion of their cup. Notedly, the symbol of the cup, the cup of the Lord, is often used in connection with his judgment of evil doers. For many times in the Old Testament, he pronounced his judgment, judgment as pouring a cup of wrath unto them. Take, for example, we read in Revelations of the 14, verse 10, the prophecy that God warns that whoever worships the beast and its image also will drink the wine of God's wrath. 
poured full strength into the cup of his anger. That's the destiny and the fate of those who will go against God. So in a twist from fear to faith, from being down now to an upright and upbeat in spirit, David expresses his hope upon God. He said, for the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. The upright will not be going into the drain and be ashamed, but the upright shall behold God's face. Verse 7, God is judge. Yes, he hates evil, but God also is loving. This is displayed in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Christ was cursed and he experienced the wrath of God because of the cross. He paid the penalty for our sins. That's why the wrath of God was upon him. He bore our sins and the wrath of God because of our sins. Because the Lord is righteous, he cannot allow the wicked to go unpunished. That's why Jesus, who bore our sins, was literally punished. Because God has to satisfy his holiness and righteousness. But he is also a loving God. Although he will not allow evil and sinful to tolerate, he judges sin by pouring his wrath upon the Lord Jesus Christ as the substitute for us. Yet, Jesus is a gift from God to us. Our Redeemer, Jesus bore our sins at the cross, the just to the unjust. He is the Redeemer who was cursed. He became the curse of the law because of the law. He was cursed in order for us to be righteous and reconciled to God. Yes, this morning we are going to remember and we should remember that the Lord is always on his throne. Are we prompted to flee away like a bird? Are we prompted to run away and escape from the challenges and difficulties of life? Yet we can hope only in God. Hope in God. Because God remains in his throne. He's always on his temple. That's what the prophet Isaiah saw when King Uzziah died. In Isaiah chapter 6, he said, when King Uzziah died, he saw this vision in the temple. He saw God high and lifted up, seated at the throne, and his train, his majesty, filled the temple. I hope and I pray that. Instead of seeing the world in chaos and, and be affected emotionally, spiritually, let us see and hold unto the truth of the scripture. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is always on his throne, sitting, running the affairs of the world. He is always in control. Let us pray. Father, thank you again that we have this assurance that you are always in control. You are always on your throne. I don't know, Lord, to those who are listening right now, maybe some are undergoing some challenges unbearable to them by human perspective. Some of, them, some of them had been affected emotionally and had been so discouraged. Lord, lift their spirits up. Lift, lift their hearts up, Lord, by your word. 
I pray that they will turn their your sadness into gladness because of the truth that you're our God who is always on the throne. Father, may you will answer our prayers that every one of us, Lord, will have that faith and hope to believe. As David said in Psalm 27, 13, I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.